Bush and Richie here with your Hometime Podcast, the first one of a brand new week. We start as we mean to go on. Lots of amazing things lie beyond. But we just want to say one thing before we get into it. Someone has sent us an email taking issue with a noise or a sound effect that Richie does during the course of this show. Have a listen for yourself, and we will clarify at the end. So stick with us right till the end, because there's interest in this. Absolute Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Here I am, waving at you from the top bedroom in our house. I'm waving at you right now if you've got snow. So wave back to me. Don't care what you're doing. You have to wave back. Have to wait. Richie, are you waving? You've got snow where you are I'm right waving. now? I'm waving at you right now, yes. Just keep myself warm. There you go. If you're waving, you've got snow. Get waving now. And I have to say, like, no matter how old you are, when you wake up in the morning and you see snow, it does still fill you with excitement. Even a miserable old get like me, who's cynical about everything, I see snow. I think, oh, this is brilliant. This is great. And the kids have been out on it all day today. It's been fantastic. I always think, though, right, the first thing you do when you see snow, your initial reaction, you don't even process it. You're not thinking it through. It's just your instinctive reaction says a lot about the kind of person that you are. So for me, as soon as I see snow, I'm always instantly trying to build the toughest, hardest snowball to try and hurt someone by doing a headshot from like Dumb and Dumber. Do you remember that snowball hit in Dumb and Dumber? It's one of the finest smacks in the face of a snowball I've ever seen in my life. And I always try and recreate that. But then my my daughters, thankfully, are nicer people, like Thea making a little snowman earlier on today, collecting sticks, God bless her, like a little doozer from Fraggle Rock. Erin tries, this is an unusual one, she rolls up a snowball, but then tries to keep it for as long as she can. Like she's got one in the freezer from like a couple of years ago. (laughs) Anyone else keep snowballs? So look, first hour of the show tonight, if you're lucky enough to have snow, even if you don't, just imagine that you've got it. What is the first thing you do when you see snow? (laughs) A couple of years back, I went to Wix and I bought a massive snow shovel. Really, really big one. Really, really big one. And whenever there is proper snow, the first thing I do is I will go out to the shed and get my snow shovel and I will start clearing the path and no. clearing the driveway. That, that is the first thing I do, making really good uniform lines and moving the snow to one side. That is my go-to snow thing. I can't believe it. He's shifting the snow out of the way. This is this is incredible. This is scenes here. It's first bit of home time tonight. Uh, Mark's just tweeted to say the first thing he does when he sees snow is tell everyone else on Twitter that it's snowing. It's true. That's what people do. 8, 12, 15 then. You see snow. What do you do? Uh, Rob Howard uh, says, normally swear uh, and think of all the disruption. I'm a half-empty kind of chap. I feel, I feel Rob is, is maybe a little... He's, he's, he's one of my type. Bush, like, I, I, as you know, I obsess about weather. I knew the snow was coming. I moved the car out of the close um, 24 hours ago because I wanted to make sure that it was accessible. Unbelievable. Um, and, and that is why my, my go-to thing before it's even snowed is to move the car. Uh, and when it starts snowing, that's why my go-to thing is to start clearing paths. I, I can almost imagine you buying them chains that some people... Don't people, some people put chains on their wheels? Is that illegal? Uh, it's well. It, I don't think it's illegal unless it's not snowing, because you can then ruin the road. Um, if you if you know the legalities <laughs> of snow chains, get in touch. Eight or fifteen. <laughs> I'd love to see someone driving around with them on when it's not snowing, like Mad Max, for no apparent reason. <laughs> hey, I was in the co-op earlier on, and the fella from the co-op uh, said that this is nothing. This snow, a load more snow is coming tonight. But I don't know if it's true or not. He's just the bloke from the co-op. <laughs> go go and ask him what he knows about snow chains. 
Well, I'll go and find out later on. After this, watch this space. Uh, this text from Sparky Darren sums up what we're talking about at the moment. He says, afternoon, Bush and Ritchie. The first thing I do when I see snow is move the car and van. I live on the second steepest hill in Europe, in Bristol. That's interesting. Obviously, I've spent a lot, a big time of my life in Bristol. I'd love to know what that hill is. Is it Constitution Hill? Darren, let us know. We want to know what is the thing you do when you see snow. He's, a, he's another man after my own heart. I, I moved the car before it even did snow. It's the, it's the first thing I would do. Uh, Rob says, go for a run. And I did. That's what he's claiming. I can't think of a worse thing to do with snow is going for a run. If, if you run in snow, you're not running or jogging, you're fleeing. It just looks like you're running from something. You know, like in these like, uh, Nordic noirs, when the, it starts off with someone running from a captor. That's how you run in snow. <laughs> yeah. Desperate and panting in the woods. Uh, this one here says, uh, it's Martin in Cheltenham here. As soon as the snow comes, I take the in-car traction control off in an empty car park and do a Colin McRae. A lot of handbrake turns. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that to be me. I'd love that to be me, but it couldn't be further from it. Uh, this is probably more like me. Uh, Carol Ann says, turn the central heating up. The ironic thing was, I turned it down last night. My wife has been complaining about being too hot at night. Never one to spend more money than I have to. I turned it down last night. It has been recovering ever since. Phil from Bradford says the first thing is I get mad because there is never enough to warrant getting the snowboard out. Honestly, if, if you are in Bradford and you're seeing someone snowboarding, you, you must be thinking to yourself, what has happened to this world? Do you know what, though? What is the point where you upgrade from a sledge to snowboarding? Because it's the same principle. Even if you're sat on a baking tray, you're just sliding down stuff, aren't you? With the best will in the world, snowboarders, you're just sliding down stuff. Uh, so there's got to be a point where suddenly you think, oh, actually, yep, snowboarder work there. Please, another clarification needed for the star of the show. Uh, we've got Mark in Bogner, who's texted to say, guys, I've been stuck in ski Norway for months due to being under six foot of snow. And the average temperature is between minus 10 and minus 20 degrees. The only white stuff I want to see is the beaches of the Caribbean. <laughs> uh, this text says the first thing I think is, is it severe enough that I can't get to work? Forget moving to avoid the snow. I aim to have the car in the maximum impact zone. I love my job. I'm going to call him the bad weather Neymar. He's drawn the foul. <laughs> So the big question I want to know, Bush, is after the Super Bowl last night and you were telling us on Friday's show about that board game you'd done and you'd, you'd predicted the exact scoreline and we, we tried to place a little bet for you on your predicted scoreline. How did you go? Did you manage to do it? Do you know what? My own stupidity saved me a few bob because it turns out we were wildly out with our uh, Kansas City winning score prediction on the board game. So uh, I went to try and do the betting, put a bet on, because you helped me out on Friday. Uh, mm -hmm. You said that you couldn't quite make head nor tail of it, but I thought, oh, that's just because Richie's not into American football. Yeah. I'm into American football. I know what it's on about. I sat there as the game was about to kick off uh, last night. I couldn't understand what any of the words mean. I think I'm <laughs> genuinely too thick to bet. Do you know what I mean? Too thick to bet. So I couldn't put a bell on. I didn't understand what any of it meant. So I, I can't do it. That makes me feel a little bit better because, yeah, I didn't know what was going on when I was looking. It was all like hieroglyphics to me when I tried on uh, tried on Friday for you. But I, I thought, oh, well, that's just because I don't 
don't know much about American football, but if you were struggling as well, that makes that makes me feel a little bit better. Honestly, some of the terminology on there, like a two-way reach around, upside down, I haven't got a clue. I haven't got time for it. I just want to watch some people run into each other and try and get a ball into an end zone. But it, do, it does raise an interesting thing, though, right? Because obviously I now know going forwards, and that's not a bad thing, I can't, I'm too thick to bet. I can't bet. Straight up, can't bet. Because it's too complicated. I can't even imagine going into bookies. I'd be laughed out of there. So uh, line in the sand, cards on the table this evening on home time. Be honest, what can't you do? Is there something you can't do? <laughs> I've always been up front and nobody will be surprised when, when I when I, t- I can't do laces. <laughs> I can't do laces, all right? <laughs> I don't know I don't know what's wrong. You the number of times you've taken oh. the mick out of the big <laughs> the big loops that I have. And even if I do manage to do them up, they won't they won't stay done up for any longer than five minutes. Do you know what, the, one of the big things I miss about us being in the studio together, obviously there's loads of stuff that I miss about us being in the same room and all that kind of stuff, but at times during the show when I felt like I was lacking energy or needed a bit of a pick-me-up, I used to just crouch down, look under the desk, and I could see your feet standing on the opposite side with these great big hoops of laces there. And it used to just cheer me up. I, I honestly reckon, hand on heart, I honestly reckon maybe when I had measles during my infant school... <laughs> That was probably for like the three or four days when the rest of the class were learning how to do their shoes up because I must have just missed it. Yeah, you missed the assembly. There was the big assembly on doing laces up and you've just been catching up ever since. So there you go. We can't do laces up. I can't bet. What can't you do? Uh, Wayne is really selling himself here. He says, I can't measure uh, inches, feet, metres, millimetres, doesn't matter. I will always be wrong. But, but my job is a handyman. Oh, my words. I always thought it was a, uh, a bloke's prerogative to misunderstand the length of inches and stuff like that as well. So don't worry about it too much. Uh, Ollie says, <laughs> I can't write my signature. I'm 37 and I make it up every time. Imagine making your signature up every time you do it. <laughs> That's stressing me out just thinking about it. Gwigsy says, I still can't master blowing my nose in a tissue without getting the remnants on the bristles of my upper lip. Oh, do you know, I think it might be an age thing. You know, we were talking the other week about noses streaming and cold weather and older fellas. You're going to have to get a hanky with your initials in it, I think, Grigsy. And Scott says, uh, I can't do one of those loud whistles. You know, the one with your fingers in your mouth type whistle. I've tried numerous times with no success. If there's something you can't do, share it with the group. Uh, Norm has got in touch and actually has given me a, a, a little bit of a hint for the shoelaces. When you do the initial overhand knot, stick an extra one in. It provides more friction and stops them working loose. I'll give it a try, Norm. It's been 43 years. I can't see it's going to help. I think we could just get some um, Velcro trainers for you or something like that. Do you know what I mean? With uh, <laughs> Paw Patrol. <laughs> Paw Patrol Velcro. <laughs> What about that? Kim says, I can't pin a poppy on my coat without the help of a grown-up and I'm 35. There's something terrifying still, isn't there, about the pin that you get in a poppy yep. like you're going to skewer yourself. Uh, I would hold my hand up to that one as well. Barry says, crack an egg first time. Now, I think that if you don't crack confidently, the egg knows. I think you've, you've just got to go for it. I put it to you, Barry, you're a timid cracker. Do you know what? It's so weird, Barry, to say that because I feel like recently I've lost my mojo with cracking eggs. I used to be quite a good egg cracker, and now I'm having like I, I almost get the yips. You know, like in golf when some people like, can't concentrate on the stroke. I, I'm dropping egg uh, shells into omelets left, right, and centre. It's a confidence game, isn't it? Confidence game. Crack harder, mate. Crack harder. 
Uh, Kitty's being very honest. You should be ashamed, Kitty. Uh, tell time on an analogue clock. She says, 33 this week. It's never going to happen. Do you know what? Sometimes, though, if someone asks you the time, you know, back out in the day when you used to be able to talk to other people, if someone asks you the time, I always have that little panic attack that I'm, I can't like work it out or read it, particularly if you've got your clock set to 24 hours. I've had a lot of panic attacks about that. Uh, Rob says he can't chop an onion. And Annie says, I'm 46 and I can't say fruit puree. Free... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's weird, isn't it? I've never thought about it before. I think I've ever said it out loud. I'm not going to try again. Um, <laughs> Shell says, I can't understand how Dave Berry has it in for Roy Pak Joy. Now, that is another matter. And we will yeah. come back to our Valentine's Day card battle after six. Fruit puree! Craig in Harlow says, I'm six foot three with big hands. I still can't tie a knot in a balloon. That's his career as a clown going down the cars, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Gaz in Devon says, uh, I lack what my friends and I call significant man skills, which means he says, he clarifies, I'm unable to loud whistle, wheelie a bike, make an owl noise, down a pint, do the caterpillar. Make an owl noise? <laughs> I don't even know what that would be. What how what even is that? Ooh, that is a good owl. To be fair, mate, that is a good owl. Ooh, that's a bit um sh like shirt off the top of the owl's shoulder. It's slightly saucy. I don't like it. Ooh, right. This stops stops here. Absolute radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. At Valentine's Day this weekend, and just because you're in lockdown doesn't mean you can't make it special. We've teamed up with Thoughtful.com, funny, creative and unique cards. Find something perfect for everyone. Going head-to-head -head with the Dave Berry Breakfast Show to create the ultimate Valentine's Day card, uh, you get to vote whether you like uh, Dave's card best uh, or our Hometime card best. Uh, vote for the winner. Get in the uh, chance of winning £2,000 and a bouquet of flowers and a signed card from the winning team. It's all thanks to Thoughtful.com. Now, our home time card has seen a resurrection. Well, not that he ever died, but he's come back. At Roy Pak Choi, our lovable uh, Pak Choi, uh, who you first met uh, for the home time Christmas advert. And he looks fantastic on the card. The card is him twerking with the slogan, Oi Oi Pak Choi. Bit of an icebreaker. Maybe if you're trying to make uh, opening moves on somebody you've got your eye on, but don't want to make it look kind of, I love you and I bought uh, like a big sponge heart or a big teddy bear type vibe. Do you know what I mean? It's an interesting thing that you say that, you know, because that very much is our kind of the vibe for our card. You do wonder what the vibe is that Dave and the team are going for at breakfast, because theirs is a picture of uh, Dave, and then you've got Dyson and uh, Glenn and Emma lurking in the background. But you can cut out Dave's face and, like, kiss it. So, like, what is the vibe that you're saying by sending that to a Valentine? I don't, I'm just merely asking the question if you're choosing between the two cards as to which is the better. Yeah, I mean, you've got to cut round Dave's mouth and poke your tongue through it. At the yeah. bottom of the bottom line, that is what you're doing. You're poking your tongue through a bit of cardboard. Anyway, look, that's for yeah. you guys to decide when you uh, when you vote. Um, there has been uh, some dirty talk over the uh, the last week uh, between uh, the two shows as to who's done the uh, the best card, and and certainly once again today, a, a short movie has come out from the Dave Berry Breakfast Show. 
intimating they want to kill Roy Pak Choi. I, 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 can't, I can't say it in any other way. I felt like today's little movie that they put out was the reaction of, of people that are backed into a corner. They've uh, Over the weekend, uh, we invaded uh, Dave's footballing world. Dave's a big Charlton Athletic <laughs> fan, and we decided to uh, sponsor, without him knowing, uh, the game that his team Charlton were playing in, which at the weekend was against Rochdale. Uh, we sponsored the match ball. Uh, we got Roy Pak Choi uh, a, a shirt as well at the very end from the Rochdale team. I felt in many ways, given the social media account of Rochdale Football Club, we got the buy-in. We almost bought Rochdale Football Club uh, and brought them over to the side of Roy Pak Choi in the home time show. Very much so. Now, someone who uh, got embroiled in this as well, though, was, uh, bless them, the, the match day commentary team. <laughs> the match day commentary team um, on the Rochdale website uh, for Rochdale versus Charlton Athletic, who were contractually obliged to mention the match ball sponsors quite a few times during their commentary. It meant that the only way Dave could keep up to date with the game, obviously listening to the commentary uh, on the Rochdale website, it meant that every half they were contractually obliged to mention Roy Pak Choi. Miller just popped it down the channel. No one there. And that will just roll out of play for a throw in. It just gives me a chance to thank uh, Bush and Richie from the Absolute Radio's home time show, who are today's match ball sponsor. Head to absoluteradio.co.uk to vote for the Valentine's Day card with Roy Pak Choi. Throwing it is to Dale on the right hand side. <laughs> hey, and I'll tell you what, as well, uh, Jason Manford did a fantastic job with the commentary over the weekend, didn't he? <laughs> did indeed I feel so sorry for the commentator because as the second half got underway I don't think he still had any idea what was going on by then Morley clips that one forward but no one running onto it and that's just going to run behind just gives me a, another chance to thank our uh, our sponsors today so uh, <laughs> Mice and Pages are the official match sponsors and today's match all sponsors are Bush and Richie from Absolute Radio's home time show uh, head to absoluteradio.co.uk to vote for the Valentine's Day card with Roy Pak Choi amazing it will be a goal kick to Charlton <laughs> I bet he was like driving home that night just thinking who the hell is Roy Pak Choi uh, I love the idea of Dave listening to that with his headphones on listening through the laptop and throwing them on the floor just absolutely fuming we got him the unspeakable truth though is that Rochdale lost 2-0 and it was a win for Charlton so who did really win it's a good point we've had a lot of messages from Charlton fans asking if we can sponsor the match ball every week don't take the mickey alright we, we achieved our purpose The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. It's the Hometime Show with Bush and Ritchie, home of the Roy Pak Choi Valentine's card with Thoughtful.com. You can get yours online now and help Richie and I beat the breakfast show and 10% of all the proceeds are going to go to Cash for Kids. So it's a great cause. Now, if you were listening to the show round about this time on Friday evening, you would have uh, heard us talking about this fact that uh, Bush and I had stumbled across that 87 million pints have gone to waste in the UK over the last year because of COVID. It just had to be tipped away. Uh, and we were, we were asking you on Friday to get in touch uh, with your stories about some of the biggest wastes uh, that you had seen. This was one of these occasions, whether it be people listening to the podcast as well over the week, 
weekend, where they just kept on coming. Stories of waste after waste after waste. This one is amazing, and I genuinely feel like this could be made into a movie. Grant from Chesterley Street says... Is that like Coronation Street or Sesame Street? Chester, am I saying that right? <laughs> yes, it, you, you're saying it right. I don't think it's anything like either of them, but you are saying it right. Big bird on the front. Anyway, he says, Not me, but my dad worked at sea and once had to dump $1 million worth of bananas into the Atlantic... <gasps> as they'd gone bad in transit. My dad warned the bosses that the temperature they'd been carried at was wrong, but he was overruled, so had to open the doors and over the side they went. It's almost like a Tom Hanks-type movie, do you know what I mean? That kind of captain of this unbelievable boat. He tries to blow the whistle, but they don't believe him, and all the bananas go over the side. (laughs) Captain Phillips uh, 2, bananas. Yes, banana, bananas. (laughs) Phillips goes bananas. Um, Some of these stories... Stories of waste have ended up in other people benefiting, though. Here's, here's a weird one. This text said, uh, not a waste for staff at a large venue hall in North Lincolnshire, including my sister, because at the boss's request, they were permitted to go into their workplace on a said day and take as much bottled alcohol and beverages that were approaching sell-by date as they desired. This was their Christmas alcohol sorted. Some very happy people. So look, if you've benefited from a workplace mistake or anything like that, uh, maybe you've had a couple of things delivered that now to do with you, but you kept them anyway, you rascal. I love this one from Dave in Leicester. Uh, I'm particularly interested in uh, well, you, you've benefited from like workplace mistakes or you get to take stuff home because it's been a mistake at work. He says, uh, I once did a job at a Sarah Lee factory 25 years ago and bought cakes from the factory shop. And we used to get really good deals on them. And the cakes were inside out and upside down, etc. Tasted great, but didn't look so good. I love that. <laughs> That is how I have uh, justified a lot of food that I've served up. It's all going to go down the same way. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Well, I mean, if you worked in like a Cadbury's factory or whatever in the West Country or something like that, you must get access to like, um, I don't know, fingers of fudge that are not 100% straight. That's a terrible (laughs) example. Do you know what I mean? Someone's got a better example of bad from confectionery than that. Uh, Donna says, when I was a very little girl, I was on a week-long family holiday of Easter. All week long, there was a holiday camp competition to win a prize, handmade, huge Easter egg. It was amazing. On a large tray, beautifully decorated. And when they announced the winner, I was messing about where I should be. And as the kitchen staff proudly brought out the prize egg on the tray, I stuck my leg out and accidentally tripped the waitress over before she could bring it out from the kitchen. She fell over and the huge egg smashed. What's worse, my cousin ran around the corner just as it happened and the waitress thought it was him. To this day, he's been blamed for the wasted giant egg. It was me all along, Donna. Free the egg one. Free the egg one. Right, so thanks for sticking with us all the way through the podcast. Hopefully it hasn't been a chore. When I say sticking with us, hopefully you haven't had to work too hard. But um, earlier on, uh, you would have heard, um, well, one of us tried to uh, do the sound of an owl. Uh, we were talking about things that you can or can't do. Uh, someone had got in touch and said that uh, they fail on the man skill of being able to make an owl noise. Bush and I were both a little bit confused as to whether it was... Uh, stereotypical, in inverted commas, man skill. And I felt like I did one pretty well, Bush. Yeah, I thought it was... A, I even complimented you at the time, as you've just heard. Yeah. I, it, was a, it was a really good, high-quality owl noise. And that, I, I thought that was it. you said it was a sexy owl, actually. It got sexier as it went on. Thank I could you. listen to that all night. <laughs> right. Neil 
in Chorley has emailed in to say, I think that when your man said making an owl noise, he actually means when you cup your hands and blow through the knuckles of your thumbs to make a hooting sound of an owl. So not what Richie did. He says he's putting his hands over his mouth to do okay. an owl sound. All right. So, uh, so uh, cut my hands, uh-huh. blow through the knuckles of my thumbs to make the hooting sound of an owl. All right, I'll give this a go. <laughs> I really don't like that. It's going to really... I don't know if I'm going to sleep tonight after that. Mate, you said it could keep you up all night earlier. I'm done with it now. (laughs) You've been listening to The Home Time Show on Absolute Radio. When you go home, you've been listening to The Home Time Show. The The last bit of the no guarantee. guarantee. Soon, May, your tea will come. You can watch TV in your tracky bottoms. Until then, we'll play you songs and maybe send you a tea towel. The Home Time Show is about the Essex Loop, the bird invasion, and the hate for Bing. In the Home Time Show, we speak of pundit shoes and a lass called Leona. Soon, May, your tea will come. You can watch TV in your tracky bottoms. Until then, we'll play you songs and maybe send you a tea towel.